Money FM 89.3, best of the evening runway. Why it matters. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker. You know, it's no secret that generative AI applications like ChatGPT are causing an impact on our lives, be it you know, on a personal level or even at the workplace. According to a recent research by BlackBerry, 75% of organizations worldwide are currently implementing or considering bans on chat GPT and other generative AI applications within the workspace. In fact, 61% of those deploying or considering bans said that the measures are intended as long-term or permanent with risks to data security, privacy, corporate reputation, driving decisions to take action. 83 3% have also voiced concerns that unsecured apps pose a cybersecurity threat to their corporate IT environment. But would the banning of generative AI applications on work devices be perhaps too extreme of a move? Is there a way to work around it? Well, let's find out more. In the studio with me is Christine Gatsby, who is Vice President Product Security Operations for BlackBerry. Christine, good afternoon. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. And this is a belated congratulations, but you were awarded Cybersecurity Woman of the Year by Cybersecurity Excellence Awards. Uh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you very much. Okay, so let's talk generative AI, BlackBerry's come a long way as a company. It's now one of the leaders when it comes to cybersecurity. Tell us a little bit about how the company's evolved. For a lot of us, it was that same phone that Barack mm. Obama <laughs> couldn't let go of. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, I'll start by saying I'm, I miss the phone too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, too. I do. I'm not going to lie. It's something that I was near and dear to my heart and is near and dear to many. And I get asked that question often. And I I'm sad to say I'm not here to tell you we're making a new phone. Uh, but what I can say about that is that a lot of that software that was running that phone that was near and dear to your heart that, you know, gave you the confidence of security is now yeah. out of that device mm. and we're yeah. using that instead. So you still have all the great security features available to you that you had in the handset. Now we're just selling that as a standalone. So yeah. pivoted into a software company. And, and it's gained quite a reputation as well. I'm curious about your role at BlackBerry. You've got extensive expertise in mitigating complex cybersecurity threats. So what is your approach that drives innovation in that sense? Oh, that's a great question. People don't know this sometimes, but BlackBerry is really unique in how it's actually does product security. Yeah. So, you know, I think most companies kind of bolt on or add on security, but BlackBerry is very unique in that our cybersecurity organizations actually split into two. Mm -hmm. So we have one organization that looks at the security of, say, the company and the corporate enterprise, and then we have mm -hmm. a completely separate division that secures every single product we have in market. So not okay. only are you buying a security widget that does a function, but you're actually buying a product that mm -hmm. itself is secure. And again, that's okay. the wizardry that kind of came out of the handset. So okay. that's what I do. I basically run security kind of for customers, if you think about it. Wow. So, you know, being in this world of cybersecurity as an expert in that sense, what was your reaction when you saw this research that was released by BlackBerry? 75% of organizations worldwide currently implementing or considering bans on things like ChatGPT. You would think, hey, but this is the way of the future yet people are not ready for it. Yeah, no, and I, I actually wasn't surprised. I actually was surprised that the data wasn't actually higher towards oh, that wow. because it is, you know, you have to think about it. Well, it brings innovation. It okay. also brings attack surface. So you think about, you know, all the things that you can learn from it. It also brings IP risk. You know, okay. you think about how yeah. software is developed, right? Yeah. If, you, if you're a software developing company and you sort of just let your developers run rampant and grab stuff, you're just not sure what's going into your product. That can actually introduce vulnerabilities, right, into the okay. software itself. So you do have to kind of be careful. Okay, Fair enough. So could you give an example then of a profile of a company that is considering 
a ban on such generative AIs. Yeah, no, something very high risk, maybe banks okay, and you banks, know, okay. yeah, something that has very, very, very high risk tolerance that okay. wouldn't want to into have any sort of chance of you know introducing you know those sorts of attack surfaces. Now that isn't to say that there aren't uh, things to be efficient with mm. AI, right? There are tons of ways you can think to use AI efficiently, but as far as internal you know enterprise companies and they're allowing employees to have access to it, we do have to really be careful with that. Christine, an opinion question and. Sure. And moving slightly away from the data, it doesn't help that we've got strikes on, you know, those Hollywood actors. I mean, not totally related, but AI related in that sense. So it creates this stigma that oh, AI is bad. Yeah. The Terminator movies don't do any favors as well. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's not helping the case for using this right and implementing softwares like BlackBerry has developed. Yeah, and I think what you're really seeing is that AI, that the sort of negative side of AI, is getting a lot of yeah. press right now. It really yeah. is, you know. And we think about things like even for the consumer spear phishing attacks and things okay. like that. I mean, AI is changing the game for that, but really, I mean, if you think about how hard it is now to tell whether or not a phishing email is a phishing email or something legitimate, yeah. you know, as deep fakes and as, you know, even things like AI generating, you know, pictures and images and mm-hmm. think about emails that, you know, are so close and you just kind of know that they're not yeah. real. Imagine that a few years from now when AI really gets a hold of that technology, you're not going to know the difference. Yeah. And so what do you do? And I think there's a fear and a stigma with how how, you know, the other side of that is our people being replaced, you know, our robots going to do our jobs. And so there is really a lot of stigma that happens with all of that learning. And I think it's just, you know, we're not educating ourselves and we're not sort of reading enough into the technology itself to know that, you know, there are always going to be humans doing jobs. Yeah, you got to know actually how much control the human being has. Have you contemplated over this rationale of banning generative AI? Perhaps it's too extreme. Or are these people thinking that or organizations thinking that if we all get together and we ban this, then this will not exist and it's no longer a threat. No, and I think, you know, BlackBerry's a pioneer in AI, right? I mean, BlackBerry Silence, we were doing AI before AI was cool. So I think that's one of the things that we are really educated on is the difference in that. And I think... As consumers and and as enterprises, we have to understand there's a difference between, you know, consumer AI and enterprise AI. Yeah. Those are different okay. things altogether. Yes. And we really need to, in this case, businesses need to trust businesses that are doing AI as a business because we've kind of already thought through all those things for you. Okay. Consumer grade AI, not you know, not the same. You know, there's no belts and braces into yeah. how that's being put together. Yeah. So there's a ton of a lot more risk that carries that. Yeah. So you do need to be careful, but it's not impossible. And no, companies shouldn't completely move away from it, especially when it comes to security. Mm -hmm. Security is one way and one area where AI will change the future for the better. Mm -hmm. And for companies like us who are, you know, dedicated to doing that research to make sure that it's safe and effective. And again, the enterprise-grade AI that's leveraging large data sets um, and data models, that's a completely different way to think about AI than it is for, you know, just consumer-grade stuff, which, you know, shouldn't be brought into any enterprise. It's interesting, right? Because we're having a conversation about accepting AI and ensuring that we've got security implemented or cybersecurity implemented in this. But as someone in the background, implementing the cybersecurity against AI, does that cybersecurity need the help of AI to implement against AI? You absolutely just created the perfect (laughs) circle (laughs) because that is a great question and it does, right? I mean, if you're going to have AI and you're going to bring it into your cybersecurity team, again, not only do you need to function on, you know, how the enterprise AI can help you, but, you know, BlackBerry just announced a SOC helper kind of AI tool that we're going to be bringing to market, which is great because it can actually take those large language models, again, that are enterprise grade and help SOCs sort of get a signal to noise ratio on what they're looking 
looking at. Right. You know, SOX, I mean, it, it's all about vulnerability management. And those data points can be in the thousands, you know, you're looking at in a minute. If you can have and let AI help you determine the signal, what you actually need to focus on, that's actually very helpful okay. to companies that need to understand vulnerabilities they need to pay attention to. Um, and that is where math models can really help learn and train that, you know, where enterprise-grade AI can help. Interesting. And one would argue that with generative AI, for example, there's always that gray area for misuse. How important is the human factor as much as we're developing software to fight malware scams or AI for that matter? Absolutely. You know, we're, and we're always going to need the human factor. Yeah. That is yeah. the truth. And a lot of it is behavior. When we talk about fighting things like, again, you know, the human is always the interface. So if you think, you know, the basic phishing scams, emails, things like that, you're still going to need the human factor. It still mm. is training employees. You know, employees are in companies, right? You and I, we have a job, we work for companies. And that is where the truth comes into the human training factor. Okay. You still have to have common sense. Yeah. Common sense still yes. needs to live, right? Yes. It really does. It's just going to get harder. Harder? Hard, well, having common sense is going to get harder as AI gets better. You know, again, okay. as those emails look, you know, clearer and not as fake and those images are generated and they're cleaner and deep fakes and, you know, especially around election time. I mean, yeah. you think about that, right? Okay. That's going to drive a ton of just, you know, information overload, right? And so you as a human being able to separate what's real and what's fiction is going to get harder. So that's the right. that is the problem with that. And it doesn't help that and we have to be aware and we have been aware for years that the bad guys are just getting more and more advanced. It's, you know, that always a case of if not when or rather when not if. And then this is my terminated question as I, as I try and phrase this right. Have you encountered situations where you look at generative AI and questions are, okay, this could be good or this could be bad. How do you manage that situation? Absolutely. And this is, you know, especially at the enterprise level when we're trying to think, you know, good for evil and the mm. trade-off. I think at some point we cross a paradigm that is if we don't do AI, criminals will do AI without yes. us. And so yes. we really – I mean our job is to ensure that we are at the forefront of that to make sure we can defend. Mm. And so, yes, we have to accept it. It's sort of like transparency in software and things like that. The, you know, the market is going to determine that on its own. And we cannot – you know, criminals are going to use it. And if criminals yeah. are going to use it, that means we have to defend it. Yes. So we kind of have to do – have to be better and have to keep going. And again, as pioneers in this industry, we've seen – how it can be helpful and how we actually can win the fight sort of in the in the security space. So okay. I do think you need to, you know, pay attention to that yeah. for sure. I'm actually a former government criminal profiler and, and I'm totally for how AI can assist us. Case in point, the 2021 Capitol Hill riots and how that helped in terms of catching those people responsible. How do we convince companies to get on board then? I think the proof is going to come in the data. <laughs> I really do. I think when we can start coming up with some solid data points, and this is in its infancy, right? We've got some right now. But when okay. we get stronger data, I really think it's going to become efficient. I mean, the money's in the efficiency. Mm. And if AI can help companies do things cheaper, faster, better, smarter, more sure. accurate, then you're going to kind of have to get on board to accept because, you know, you can think about this from a corporate standpoint. Right. Boards of directors, you know, their job is to run companies and spend money efficiently. And if you've got, you know, AI stuff that can really, you know, that has proven solid and, you know, cutting costs and doing things cheaper, faster, better, smarter, then you can't really ignore it, right? Yeah. Even if you're on the bandwagon now, that will start to, you know, that slope is going to start to get slippery. And again, the, the delta in all this is the criminals. As right. they get smarter, we will have to get smarter. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, at some point, you're not going to be able to ignore it. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Would it be too much to presume that where BlackBerry is concerned, it's about being able to show these companies who are that 75 percent, hey, the data is proof the data works. 
and also training the humans to manage the data? Absolutely, a thousand percent. And that is part of where the really good generative AI can really be helpful is to help train the human. Where humans are valuable in some spaces, let AI go do the rest. Right. Right. And then let the human be the valuable part because that human resource is time, cost, money to a company. Right. And we want to be accurate. Mm. And having humans have to go and redo work and redo work and redo work, that's costly. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah absolutely, 100 percent. We have conversations about work-life balance, yet we can't accept the help that's right in front <laughs> <Absolutely>, of us. Absolutely, <laughs> right? Right? And I think that's really another thing that will turn the turn the paradigm. I've been speaking with Christine Gansby, Vice President, Product Security Operations for BlackBerry. Christine, I appreciate your time. Thank uh, you. Thank you for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.